Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, as we continue the study on the Christian and his battles. Starting here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I know that this life has us busy, Lord, and it seems that it continuously has us moving. But Lord, in this moment, even in the worship hour, Lord, may it excite us. May it enrich our hearts to long to be in your presence, Lord, and that when we gather here today, the power in the presence of you here in this building amongst your people should be enough to force all the thoughts of the outside world aside and to be wholly able to focus upon you. A little bit of slice of heaven on earth. Lord, we pray that you'll pour out the Spirit, Lord, upon us. Cause your Spirit to work in our hearts and rich in us your word today, Lord. May we leave here being soldiers better prepared for battle. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the fourth sermon here on the study of the Christian and his battles, and we have found ourselves here in Verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. There is without a doubt today a war on truth. There is not only a war on truth, there is a war for truth. All you have to do is turn on the television and flip through the news stations and see that everyone is reporting their own point of view on what truth is. They believe they have the corner on truth. Here, Paul is not addressing the world. Here, Paul is addressing the believer. Paul is addressing the believer in the preparation for a battle that we have been enlisted in from the moment of salvation until the moment we go home to be with the Lord. But because that there is this battle for truth, 
We are called to gird about, having your loins gird about with truth. It seems somewhat for us confusing to think that Paul would even have to encourage the people in Ephesus to have your loins gird about with truth, meaning that they've already heard truth, meaning that they've already been saved. God has already worked in their life. And here to the church at Ephesus, Paul is encouraging them again to have your loins gird about with truth. Why? Because even amongst believers, there is a battle for truth. There is a battle not only for truth, but how much truth will take place in your life. Believers today are compromising truth. They are willing to stand on the mountaintop and proclaim that Christ has died for their sins. But they don't want to stand for the whole truth of God's word. Do we have to do this? Do we really have to live like this? I mean, wasn't that according to the age they try to date the Word of God. They try to reason away the Word of God. They try to question away the Word of God as if they can add their own thought processes to better make the Word of God applicable to our lives. This is why Paul emphasizes here, standing, stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth. A man asked his three, three of his friends to tell him the meaning of truth. One of his friends was a psychologist. He said that truth is what one feels it to be. Another one was a accountant. He said truth is what it, one needs it to be. Another was a lawyer. He said truth is what one can make it to be. Today we're plagued in our nation where people are offering up their concept of truth they argue back when you give them the word of god even believers in counsel when you give them the word of god they say well that's how you see it no that's how the word says it we have taken a new approach to the word of god and when we say when we open the word of God and deliver the word of God and we see the heedings and the callings of the word of God, we step back and say, that's your truth. That's not exactly my truth. As if truth is based on opinion. As if truth is determined by our point of view. If truth was determined by our point of view, we would have never been saved. If truth was determined by our point of view, how messed up would this world even more be than what it already is? Truth never changes. Know that. Truth is truth now. Something that is true now will be true a thousand years from now. Something that was true a thousand years ago is still true today because truth never changes. Truth is still truth even if you do not believe it. And a lie is still a lie, even if you do believe it. We have been told by the word of God in John 17, 17, that his word is truth. Now, the question in our own lives is what position have we given to his truth? 
What position have we given to his truth in our lives? We talked about in Sunday school about the Lord being the head of the church and about his word being the final authority in our lives. It doesn't matter what our opinion is. Our opinions does not change his word. As an example, we love the verse John 3, 16. What? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It goes on to say, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believed on him is not condemned, but he that is he that believeth not is condemned already because he that believed hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how you reason your plan to get into heaven. It doesn't matter as what your grandma did or what your grandfather did or that your daddy was a pastor, none of this matters. The list is endless. We know as we preach the gospel in this community about why people have reasoned that they will end up into heaven. But by the word of God, their reasoning does not change this truth that there is only one way to heaven. Truth is truth no matter what the world says, no matter what their opinion of God may be. Truth is not relative to any opinion or thought. Truth is the word of God. And according to Timothy, the one place the world should be able to find truth when Paul wrote Timothy in 2 Timothy is that he said the church should be the pillar in the ground of truth. Why? Because the church is standing upon the word of God. We've been studying the Christian and his battles. On Wednesday night, we've seen that though these battles that the Christian faces is spiritual, it doesn't mean that spiritual battles are not manifested in the physical. In verse 10, he gave us the timeline of how long we can expect these battles to last when he said, finally, my brother, and meaning for henceforth, from this moment on, from the very moment of salvation, we can expect to be involved in spiritual warfare from this day of salvation until the Lord comes and takes us home. We are battling. I know in our minds we think of this and we think about the thought of, Battling, battling every day. Many of us have been saved for many years. Some may not even be saved. Some have been saved 40 and 50 years. And they are very familiar with what it means to continual, continually to battle. It's exhausting. But he says in verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul is assuring the believer Listen, you may grow weary. You may find yourself depleted. You may find yourself exhausted. <laughs> but the Lord never does. Be strong in the Lord. 
The Lord never grows tired. There is no enemy that can defeat the Lord. There is no enemy that can exhaust the Lord. Matter of fact, when you get to Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, the exciting moment when Satan, that old dragon, the, the Bible says that the Lord himself will open up the lake of fire and will cast Satan and all of his, all of his demons into the lake of fire forever. It's so sure that it is written down for us to bring comfort. And if our Lord can have power over Satan in his final defeat, he can sure help me as I war against him. Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we're finding here in verse 14 that we are to put on truth. Truth is what is the first piece of armor that should be put on. Truth is what we really need as we, as verse 12 says, wrestle against flesh and, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against these principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 12 expresses to us, this is no small battle. Everything that Satan has Everything that Satan has under his control, everything that will listen to Satan is unleashed and focused upon those who walk in light. Though this battle is spiritual, it can, only, it can take its toll in the physical, but we're told here to prepare spiritually for this battle. Notice what he says here, that ye may be able to stand, that you may be able to stand. As we put on the whole armor of God, that we may be able to withstand in the evil day, meaning without it, we're not able to stand. So where are we this morning when it pertains to the necessary equipment in order to stand? And the first piece of armor we need is to be girded about and to gird about our loins with truth. There is this challenge that is given in this verse to stand, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. The, the challenge to the believer is to stand, not only against the wiles of the devil, not only against spiritual wickedness in high places, but to stand against the darkness of this world. He is telling them, indeed, the battle is fierce. Indeed, the opponent is strong. Indeed, the opponent is seeking to destroy your walk, but stand, meaning do not desert your post. Do not give up. Do not leave your position. Instead, when he encourages them twice to stand and coming into verse 14, he's not only telling them to keep your post, hold fast on your post, and while you're in your post, strengthen yourself. How do you strengthen yourself? By putting on the armor of God. Let me give you a visual aid here. The text says, having your loins girt about with truth. I know we use this word every day, so let me define this. In order to girt something up, first there must be something to girt up to. And there must be also something that needs girded up. It was said that Roman soldiers in their day would wear a belt, a thick leather belt that would cover center mass. This belt covering center mass was not only um, needed for in the time of battle, but it 
also it was needed for a protection of their vital organs. But if a Roman soldier was to find himself engaged in battle, what they would do is they would take their tunics up and they would tuck their tunics inside of this belt. Because if they didn't tuck their, their tunics inside of this belt, where the soldier would find himself is stumbling all over the place, unable to move, unable to move quickly, and unable to either attack or evade the enemy. Something to know here that Roman soldiers, this belt was not often seen to the eyes. It wasn't often there for visual aid, but the soldier knew it was there and the enemy would find out it was there when the battle would be engaged. This tucking in of this tunic, this girding up his tunic would give him mobility. It would give him freedom to fight. It would give him the ability to engage into battle. That what Paul is trying to paint for us here is that this warfare takes us being mobile. To give you a, a, another painted image here of this, several years ago when we were up in New York, Jeff Brown deceived me to play kickball. I knew better. <laughs> but he told me all the things I needed to hear to get me on to the court to play kickball. And I could already see myself when it was finally my turn. Everybody was really close in. And I thought, I'm kicking this clear over everybody's head. And I'm a big guy, so it's going to give me time to run all the bases. And so I'm like so excited. And here it goes. Here's my turn. And I run up as he rolls the ball down. And I kick with everything I have. And I have my pants on. And my pants catch my other leg and kick my other leg out from underneath me. And here I am, not only did I miss the ball, not only is everybody laughing, but I'm out of wind. Because my garments prevented me from being able to do the thing that I needed to do. When a soldier doesn't have this belt to be able to gird up to, he will find himself fumbling along the way he will find himself in a posture in which he cannot defend. He will find himself in a place where he is unable to fight back. He'll find himself in a place where he's vulnerable to the enemy. That's what he says here, having your loins girded. But listen, Paul, doesn't, Paul does not want your ability and your mobility to be drawn from your friend's thoughts. He doesn't want your mobility and your movement in this life to be drawn from, you know, your family's advice. Paul does not want us to tuck our spiritual robes in the thought processes of this world. If we do such a thing, we will find ourselves in a place where we have been defeated. Having your loins gird about with truth meanings that everything that it takes for you to be mobile is tucked into God's word. It means that there's nothing left hanging out, that there's no edges, that there's nothing that's going to prevent you from moving forward because everything that was preventing you from moving forward has been tucked into God's word, tried, and been found secure. 
It's that we have mobility in our Christian life. Paul is trying to tell them, in order for you to be a soldier of Jesus Christ, in order for you to move forward, the very first piece of armor you need is the word of God. And everything that you do in your life needs to be tucked into this. It needs to be held by this, clung to this, measured by this. We need to fasten our lives in the word of God. It will protect our souls. It will protect our being. It will protect our spiritual lives. It will protect our walk. It will protect every Thing that is of value to us. Having your loins girt about with truth. Never let your opinion be swayed on the word of God. Never allow the loose end of our walk to not be measured against God's word. God's word is the final authority. It seems that the growing battle today it's not all an all-out rejection of the Word of God, but it does seem that there is a desire for the world to bring us to a place where we compromise truth. They don't want us to go all the way. They'll even say, we're not asking you to do that. We're just asking you to be involved with us here. Do you have to do that? I mean, do you have to do everything the Bible says do you have to just be so rigid? No, I, I want to do it. I want to do the things that the word of God says because it is for my protection. It's because moving forward in the battle, everything is bound together by this belt of truth. Week after week, I'm certain that all of us uh, find ourselves doing the same thing. We hear the list of questioning. Not too long ago, I had someone say, listen, I know what you're going to say. I say to myself, then why ask? But just, just a few weeks ago, someone asked, they said, I know what you're going to say, but my mom died. And she never did do what you did. You know, your religion thing. Do you think that she's in heaven? I mean, before you answer, she is a wonderful person. Yes, I think she's in hell. Oh, I could never serve a God that sent my mother to hell. My question and response to her was, why did you come to me if you already knew the answer and you already knew my belief was based on the word of God? And if you knew this all along, why didn't you tell your mom what the word of God says? Why do you want me to compromise truth? You've compromised the entire time. And now you want me to compromise you to make you feel comfortable. You want me to compromise so you're happy. Why is it that the world is all in call, always calling the believer to compromise? Give a little here. Give a little there. Do you have to do this? Do you have to? Yes. Why do you think belt, the belt comes first? Why the belt of truth first? Because doctrine matters. This is more than just the gospel. This is more than just the message of salvation. This is who we are in Christ. This is the doctrine and standing of the believer. 
Proverbs 23 says, buy truth and sell it not. Truth keeps us from being deceived. Truth keeps us from stumbling. Truth keeps you on the right path. <laughs> I grow tired of hearing people say, you know why I like Joe Osteen? No, I, I don't even want to know why. I like Joe Osteen because he seems to be such a sincere guy. I like Joyce Myers because she is just so sincere. Sincerity is not enough. We need truth. We need the truth of God's word. We need the word of God in order to prepare for battle. It is time to, so to say, spiritually tuck our robes in. As mobility is given to you, you have found yourself deeper into the word of God because you have girded your loins up with truth. Our mobility matches the word of God. And since our mobility matches the word of God, we have found ourselves protected in the pages of God's word. Have you ever wondered why Paul put this here in the beginning of the armor? Having your loins girt about with truth. I don't think that this is any accidental order at all. I think he placed this here key because why? Because the first thing that you will find as you enter into battle is, as is recorded throughout history, pick the book. Whenever a team, whenever a regiment, whenever a group of soldiers get bad information, guess what happens? It turns out bad for the soldiers. Whenever we have bad information, in the military, it costs soldiers their lives. Whenever we have bad information in the spiritual battle, it costs believers their walk. It causes us to stumble. Truth is not something that we vote on. Truth is not something that you just go with your gut instincts on. Truth is not something we consult our friends over. There is only one truth. <laughs> He was manifested in the flesh as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He did not ascribe to himself that you should at least weigh out his thought processes and hear his words as you weigh out your decisions. He said, no, only alone. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We only become more diligent in battle. By what? By learning truth. If lack of truth if lack of information prohibits us from making the right decision, then more truth makes us all the wiser in the battle. Even as we grow in the Lord, as we grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, John 17, 17 says what? Sanctify them, what? Through thy truth, thy word is truth. Even in the path of sanctification, we grow because we are in God's word, because we have girded up our loins with the belt of truth. Everything comes back to this book. Doctrine matters. Truth matters. If you have no truth, you're incapable of fighting. It is not enough to say, well, I love this church. I know they're way off in other areas. I know they preach the gospel, but, you know, I love this group of people. It's not enough. It's not enough just to have the gospel. 
I believe there's Catholics that are saved. Yes. I believe there's people of many denominations are saved. But I believe there are ways off from the doctrine taught in the word of God. Paul is not trying to secure your salvation. He's trying to secure your navigation through spiritual battles. We need truth to run the race. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. We must run. We must run this race. Paul is not giving you conflicting messages. He is giving one clear message. Are we supposed to battle? Yes. Are we supposed to run? Yes. Are they the same? Yes. We are running and moving and battling for the Lord. And how are we navigating through as we battle for the Lord? We're navigating through with truth, not compromising, not wavering, not giving up our ground. Why is it always that we have to give up ground? Paul says, you know that everyone in a race is running, right? That's what he says in that previous text. Everyone that is in the race, know ye not they that which run in a race run all? That's confusing to us at times, isn't it? That we step back and we say, well, I'm serving the Lord. I'm involved in spiritual warfare. And we have not moved. We haven't engaged the enemy. We're not engaged in spiritual warfare, some probably because we're just not saved. But there is this place that we have become stagnated. Paul says, don't you guys know that everybody's in a race? Everybody's running? If you look to the right of you and sister so-and-so's running and you look to the left and brother so-and-so's not running, something's wrong with you if you're not running. We're all supposed to be running this race. We're all supposed to be longing for the day where we see our glorious Savior face to face. Listen, I cannot wait to get to heaven. I can't wait. I don't care if it's today. And it doesn't, don't take it home and say, my pastor wants to die. No, but I can see that in heaven, it's so much better than here. It's better. And I wait to get there. There is nothing worse than in a sporting event when we're watching sports. Doesn't it drive us crazy when it seems that someone on the team gives up? It's like they have arrived at the mindset that they're never going to win. Last year, I think it was Barbertown the kids were playing against, and Barbertown was just putting it on them. I think they was behind 50 points. But maybe 60. But the point is this, is that the team started to quit. It started just to give up. Like, we're never going to make it. I just can't wait till this is over. Just go ahead. Finish me off. There's nothing more discouraging in the spiritual battle to look over at another brother or sister in the foxhole and say, I quit. We're never going to win this. We're, we're never going to get victory here. Satan has ruined my life. Where do you find that in the word of God? 
we make statements. We anchor ourselves in these thought processes because we lack truth in our lives. We will win in the end. Read Revelations chapter 20. Satan has a ticket. It's already purchased. We're just waiting for the plane to come. It's all going to end. Until then, in order for us to be effective in this battle, in this Christian life, what is it going to take for us to start moving forward, to gird our loins up with truth? No quit, no return, no surrender, not at any cost. I will not surrender the truth. First John 4, 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because why? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The question is for all of us today, do you want to run? Do you want to run? Do you really want to run this race? Do you want to have a victorious Christian life? Do you want to take the first step? in being an effective warrior for Jesus Christ, then gird your loins up with truth. If your friend's advice disagrees with, word of, with the word of God, get a new friend. If your co-worker tries to tell you that the word of God is causing you all of these problems, it's time to take a stand. Truth matters. We have no rights to de determine truth. Think about it in this aspect. It was said that, um, I think it was J. Vernon McGee brought this out. He said that when a person in those days, when they wore their tunic, when their belt was broken or when their belt became loose, everything was exposed. Even today, we see all of these comedies, whether it's Curly and Moe, where the belt busts, and then the guy's running around trying to hold it up. It's, it's comical in a sense, but this is exactly what we look like when we do not have our loins girded up with truth. We're completely exposed, and it looks comical because we're tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine because we are not anchored in the truths of God's word. So... What is Paul's first step? By the way, as we get down, you're going to find out that other things connect to the belt. But the first thing we have to do to be effective, effective in battle is get into the word of God. Live by it. Protect ourselves with it. Protect our hearts. Protect our minds. Peter says, gird up your minds. It is to say that this truth has the ability to protect your walk. What an amazing opportunity to have the word of God, to have a path laid out before us. And this is what, through the inspiration of the Spirit, we shouldn't even have to say it, we just have to remind ourselves of it. Paul wrote this down, that we are to guard our minds up with truth. It is also to say, in the previous verses, when he said, put on, it was in the imperative. Put it on. And if you've refused to put it on, I can make it put, make you put it on, but if you refuse to put it on, leave here today knowing it's because you refused to see Christ 
and his word as the final authority in your life. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day and this opportunity to be in your word, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done, Lord. I pray that we will every day, Lord, strive to gird our loins up with truth, to, to, to put on this armor, Lord, to protect our steps, to, to follow your word, to not heed the words of any other but you and you alone. I am no one's authority here, but you are, Lord. You're all of our authorities. And when we walk in you, Lord, there is sweet union. But when we refuse to walk with you and in the truths of your words, we find friction, Lord, friction. Lord, I pray that you'll give us the ability to stand against the wiles of the devil, regardless of the instrument he may use to attack us whether it be friends, family, or foe. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.